Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday, the state of Missouri reopened for business, with some notable exceptions. Kansas City, St. Louis City, and St. Louis County all chose to keep their coronavirus-related restrictions in place. That's also true for Illinois. But St. Charles County has chosen to reopen. So now it's the largest Missouri county to reopen for business, and it's just a short drive from downtown St. Louis. So joining us to talk about this decision and what happens next is St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman. County Executive Elman, welcome to the show. Sarah, how are you? It's nice to be with you. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. And I know yesterday was a big day for St. Charles County. You are again open for business. So how did that first day go? Well, uh, actually, I drove around uh, yesterday afternoon. I I only found uh, uh, five or six, maybe seven uh, businesses, uh, excuse me, restaurants that were open. Now, it was a little bit harder to tell in in terms of, uh, you know, businesses generally, uh, went uh, went out again last night around 10 o'clock and just drove around and found uh, hardly anyone uh, still open. Hmm. So what's happened, at least in the first day, is, is what uh, kind of what I predicted and what we were hoping for, actually, is that this will be a slow, gradual process. And again, it's not, uh, it's not that the county government is going to open St. Charles County. That decision is going to be in the hands of uh, individuals, uh, consumers. And they're not going to leave home until the businesses have convinced them that they've taken necessary precautions, that it's safe for them to go to this restaurant or go to this non-essential business. And we've been doing everything we can, um, not only to, uh, you know, the the order uh, requires social distancing of six feet, but we have over the last week, put out on our website uh, recommendations for various businesses on the sorts of things they can do to guarantee guarantee people that if you go there, uh, they have done everything that they can do to keep you uh, safe. You know, when it comes to restaurants, uh, we're at a point now where I think uh, their whole marketing is going to change. They're not only going to have to convince people to have great food, but convince people that they have done everything they can to keep them safe uh, when they go dine there. How, do, how are you feeling personally? Are you ready to go dine out at a restaurant in St. Charles? I will probably wait a little bit longer, uh, mainly because I'm over 65. Uh, and, and what we found here and what we didn't really know when this all began was this is really disproportionately impacting uh, the older generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the 41 deaths that we have in St. Charles County, uh, 71% of them have been in nursing homes. 80% of them have been people over uh, over uh, 70 years of age. Yeah, those are some remarkable statistics. Yeah, and and so these are the folks who are really, really at risk. And, of course, the people in the nursing home, the 71%, the stay-at-home order had absolutely no impact on them. They were already going to be staying at home in the nursing home. Mm -hmm. But by staying at home in the nursing home, uh, once the virus got in there, it was was a real problem. And I don't think we're the only people that have experienced this. But, um, you know, that's, that's one area... Uh, you know, my advice to people my age is be careful. Um, and, of course, everybody needs to be careful uh, because uh, we're not in a position yet. I'm not in a position. I hope that you can call me back in three weeks and I can tell everybody, hey, it's safe. 
Mm-hmm. It's safe. We, you know, there's no problem. Go out there. You're no, no more at risk now than you would have been last year this time. But we're not there yet. But if we wait till we get to that point, um, there's no telling how long that might be. So what we've done, at least in St. Charles County, is kind of put it into the hands of the business owners and ultimately into the hands of the consumer. And um, we hope that, uh, again, when you go in that restaurant, uh, the first question is, do you have a table? And the second question is, so what have you done to protect me? I've been I've been very intrigued by your position on this. Uh, you know, even back um, on March 23rd, when you issued orders telling people to stay home unless they were going to work, you made an exception for, quote, activities they deem, and the accent was on they, they deem essential to their physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. You're putting a lot more trust yeah. into the population than a lot of other leaders have. What makes you feel I, that that's warranted? So many of us are just not um, responsible always for our own. Safety. I think we put uh, we put they in bold and we underlined it as well. And, mm-hmm. and that was that was uh, you know for the previous three or four weeks uh, we've been working very closely with St. Louis City and County and 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 Jefferson and Franklin as well. And remember Jefferson Jefferson and Franklin are going the the same route as, as St. Charles, mm-hmm. not just us. And. Uh, uh, you, we were kind of on the same train, and I was kind of uh, trying to slow that train down because I thought it was important that, uh, you know, when we when we order something, we give it a day or two at least to see if it's working. And things were happening so fast; we were like every two or three days changing the order, mm-hmm. uh, which I think confused a lot of people. Uh, finally, we got to the point where uh, the stay-at-home orders were discussed, and and everybody wanted to wanted government to decide which businesses should stay open and which ones should stay closed. And we could have a long discussion about how wise that was, but I just didn't think that what was essential to me uh, was necessarily essential to everyone and, and vice versa. And I just, I just thought it was much better to leave that decision in the hands of people. So what we did, as you suggested, we didn't close certain businesses. We told people not to go if they were non-essential. And the good news is, within a, a week or two, uh, we could get on the, the various websites out there that, uh, that keep track of you know, whether people are staying at home or not. Mm-hmm. And we had the exact same numbers as St. Louis, uh, Louis County. In That's interesting. So, so people were given the choice, and you're saying the they, they chose to stay home. They chose to stay home, and because they stayed home, the non-essential businesses closed on their own. And now if you're, if you're a small business person, that's tough to close any time. But I, I would much rather, uh, you know, have them close because their clients have decided that they don't need to be there as opposed to government simply uh, dictating to them, hey, you got to close. And it, it's nice to know that uh, St. Charles County residents did behave responsibly. They, they made the call to err on the side of caution there. And yet we're seeing signs in many places that people are just getting so stir crazy. And some people are maybe chomping at the bit to say, get back to the bars. Are you worried that this weekend, a Saturday night could look a lot different than a Monday night? And we might see a oh. bunch of 19 and 20-year-old kids out there. Um, okay, not 19, 21 and 22-year-old kids. <laughs> Out there wanting to have a real good time. Well, the, the good news, if, if that happens, not that there's any good news if that happens, but the, 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 be, the best thing I can say is that particular age group, the 20s, we have had nobody in the, nobody under 40 in St. Charles County um, die from the, uh, the 
the COVID uh, infection. Mm-hmm. So they are the least likely. But that doesn't mean that uh, that they should be doing that. And that's one of the reasons I went out at 10 o'clock last night. I, I drove by a few bars. I was afraid I'd see people, you know, partying. And I know Monday night isn't the usual uh, uh, partying night. But, right. Uh, that, those would have I, to be some hardcore partiers to be yeah, out on a Monday. And, yeah. And and so, yeah, I think Friday and Saturday, or maybe tonight, I mean, Cinco de Mayo, uh, mm. maybe, maybe we'll see more of that tonight. But, yeah, that's the age group. And, of course, that's the age group where they think they're invincible and they think nothing could happen to them. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some adults running those establishments. And I'm counting on them to make sure that when they see people, uh, when they see the, the, the room getting too crowded, they're going to just stop people at the door and say, hey, there's no more room. Mm-hmm. When they see uh, people with a few too many adult beverages start to, you know, forget about the social distancing, we're, we're hopeful the adults will remind them. Um, but the biggest thing, again, is, uh, you know, we've got, we've got several more days here before we have a weekend. Um, you know, the, uh, the other thing is, I, I've, you've kind of asked this question, and I've I got to say, I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in, in the people of, uh, of St. Charles County to, to make uh, responsible decisions in this. Uh, and, and we have a lot of advantages, too. I mean, we don't have as many uh, uh, people... Uh, on the uh, the low income uh, groups in terms who are more likely to work in uh, in uh, nursing homes and mm-hmm. less likely to listen to your program maybe uh, and 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 be educated as to what's going on. But we also for the last uh, uh, for the last eleven years we've been in the top three counties in Missouri just on on, on most healthy counties. So we have a tremendous advantage there. I mean, we have more people with uh, with health insurance, but we also have, and I always say this when people call and ask, why are you the healthiest county in Missouri? I said, well, I'd like to say it's because of our public health department, and they do a great job, and they've been working their tails off on, on, this, uh, on this pandemic right now. But a lot of it is just because people uh, uh, tend to make better choices. Uh, yes, we still have drug abuse, and we still have alcoholism, and spousal abuse and all the all the various other things uh problems that are out there but we tend to have them to a lesser degree well and your your population um is more affluent and that tends to go hand in hand with maybe being able to make those better choices would would you say that there are some would, big advantages in that i would say there is and and you know our our average uh income out here is about the same as st louis county but we don't have the extremes that st louis county does we don't have the very wealthy and we also don't have the very poor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's been a tremendous advantage for us. And, and that's one of the reasons we decided to take this particular route. Uh, we, we don't have those disadvantages, but, but because of that, our numbers are, are half of what St. Louis County is. When you look at the number of cases per 10,000 people, we got half as many as St. Louis County and less than half as many as St. Louis City. And, you know, uh, people ask me about St. Louis City and County. If our numbers were still as high as theirs, I doubt very seriously whether we would have relaxed these stay-at-home orders. And if you see a a spike where you start heading back that way, do you think you'll take action to to go back to where you were and and to go back to restrictions? Certainly. Certainly. We'll we'll consider that. um, But just adding on to what I just said, the 
The other most important thing, really, is that uh, the, big, the most important difference between St. Louis City and County versus us is that we had a 14-day period, in fact, it's continued now, I think, 17 days in a row, where we've had a decline in the number of cases. Mm-hmm. And they just have not been able to achieve that yet. And that's, and that's, the, uh, that's, that's the, the main difference. Now, you know, what do we do if there's a spike? Um, you know, um, in 1918... Uh, when they had the flu uh, influenza epidemic, and St. Louis did such a great job with it, mm-hmm. uh, they made a mistake after it seemed that uh, the worst had passed, and they let everybody go back to work and everybody go back to school, and they had a spike. But what they found out in that spike was that uh, there was more people getting influenza, but there weren't as many dying as before. So it wasn't as quite as serious, but more importantly... It was younger people at that point getting the influenza, so they went ahead and reinstituted the the ban on on school attendance, Hmm. but they let people still continue to go to work. So if we do see a spike, we're going to have a lot more time to think about it, to deal with it, than we did uh, six weeks ago when things were happening day to day and we had to make quick decisions. So if we we do go back to any kind of stay-at-home order, I think we'll be able to be uh, focus in on the on those groups like like the the older people, people with prior existing conditions, uh, certain groups, nursing homes, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if we're gonna if we're gonna uh, tighten up the restrictions, we should tighten them up and deal specifically with those people who are most at risk. And uh, and we certainly will uh, will be studying that as we go forward. And. Uh, We'll just have to see what happens. Okay. So we're talking to St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman. And in our last couple minutes here, we did have just a couple questions from listeners. If if you're willing, I'd love to throw them at you and and hear your response. Laura has tweeted at us, Mr. Elman keeps saying it's on the consumer to come out when they're ready. But workers don't have a choice if their business is open. And you're not even requiring masks to protect them. Is that St. Charles's values to protect only the privileged who can choose to stay at home? What would you say to that? Well, first of all, uh, you know, the, the employment is a matter between the employer and the employee. Um, secondly, I mean, I would hope uh, that this would be one of the selling points that a business would would make. Uh, you know, again, it's one of the recommendations. It's not a it's not a requirement under the governor's uh, statute that that they that they wear masks. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, business, but that's one of the recommendations that we have. Uh, again, uh, I would think that uh, if, I was, if I was selling my business, if I was marketing it, marketing it uh, you know, the fact that my people in the kitchen had on masks uh, would be one of the selling points to convince people it's safe to come to my business or to my restaurant. So again, it's a question of do you, do you let the... Um, you let the market decide these things, or do you, uh, or do you have government ordering people what to do? And um, again, the the employee employer relationship is is one that's between uh, individuals. So I'm not quite sure exactly what she's suggesting. Um, I think she's worried that maybe not all employers are going to be as sensitive to that. They might not require masks from customers coming in, and somebody might feel obligated to work, and, and that puts them at a point where they don't have that choice that you have, where you're choosing not to go to the restaurant. Um, well, that's, that's – I mean, I think that's that's always a problem. Uh, I mean, that's a problem with, uh, with child care and with all sorts of things surrounding employment. I mean, people – 
people are inconvenienced. They have to decide, you know, are they going to take this job or that job? If they take this one, they may have child care of the problems. If they don't, they're going to, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just a, uh, it's just part of the whole um, rather sophisticated employer-employee relationship. And, and the alternative is, is what? To wait till we have uh, P- PPE and then, and then pass a statute requiring every employer to, to do it? I mean, there are, um, um, again, there's, there's all kinds of issues here with, uh, with workers' comp. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, boy, I mean, what I was saying earlier, I mean, everything we thought was the law before, now all of a sudden there's a new wrinkle to it and a new aspect to it. And uh, there's going to be some interesting legal challenges to everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. We've got one last question for you. This is coming from a <coughs> excuse me, coming from a caller, but since we're almost out of time, I'm just going to summarize. He wants to know why don't you wear a mask? He says he's never seen you with one on. Is that something that um that you do ever wear when you're out and about? Yeah, I've got two of them in my car and when I when I do have to go into a business, which isn't very often, mm-hmm. I, I put it on. Um so you're not on, anti-mask. You're you're wearing it yourself. Night. No, no, and uh, and again, um, most of the time when I'm being interviewed, the uh, interviewer, uh, at least a couple of days ago, the interviewer had one of those one of those microphones on the end of a long stick, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, "Is that six foot long?" She said, "Well, it is once I once I extend my arms out." <laughs> so um, so yeah, I. Uh, Although there are certain people who've suggested I probably would look better with a mask on, with one off, I've I've not uh, I've not worn one for any of the interviews. So yet. you're not doing it for interviews, but you are doing <laughs> no. it when you're out and about. Well, <laughs> that's good Absolutely. to know, and and hopefully that'll make our caller feel feel better about that. I guess last question: those of us who are on the fence, thinking about would we want to visit St. Charles County at this point in time? Do you want to encourage us to to come on over and spend our money in St. Charles County? Are you no. hoping this is going to be a nice slow slow reopening here. No, I'm not going to encourage you, nor am I going to discourage you. I'm going to trust that you're an intelligent individual who's been listening to everything that's been going on for the last six weeks, has been watching TV, has been reading, and is in a position to make up your own mind as to whether or not you're willing to accept whatever risks are still out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I hope in a few weeks we can tell you, hey, all the risks are gone. Um, but uh, until we do, uh, that's going to be up to each individual. And I, I think, uh, I, 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 you, you mentioned there's going to be exceptions, and there's going to be people that will just ignore it, and um, and we'll have to deal with them uh, if it if it gets out of hand. But I think I think most people are going to be responsible, and and yeah, normally I'd be encouraging everybody to come to uh, to, to St. Charles County and and spend their money. But uh, uh, at this point, uh, I'm not doing that, not mm-hmm. encouraging you, but simply offering an option. If anybody feels that they're ready to come out, and eat at a restaurant, or go to a non-essential business, 
we're leaving that up to you. Well, St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Sarah. Uh, We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to explore this situation as well as the possibility of other local jurisdictions reopening. And that'll be with St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum. And if you want to join our conversation, we want to encourage you to give us a call. Do you support St. Charles's decision to reopen? Would you like to see St. Louis follow? You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. 90.7 KWMU. We were just talking with St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman about his decision to reopen that county for business. There are some restrictions, but businesses can open if they want to. And my guest now is someone who has the pulse of jurisdictions across the state that are grappling with the decision of whether or not to follow them. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So now that St. Charles County is officially reopened, do you think others across the metro area are itching to join them? Well, I certainly think that there are some people in St. Louis City and St. Louis County who are itching to join places like St. Charles, Franklin, and Jefferson County. The the issue is that most of the cases of COVID-19 in the entire state are kind of centralized in the city and the county, Mm -hmm. which is caused people like St. Louis County Executive Sam Page and St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruson to say that they're not going to rescind their stay-at-home orders until they see some data showcasing a, a depreciable decrease, especially in hospitalizations and ICU units and also uh, cases as well. So, But the, the common refrain is that it was going to be re-looked at in the middle of May. Today is May 5th. And we may have some more information kind of about the reopening plans um, in the next couple of days. But I would imagine that even if even if their stay-at-home orders are rescinded on like May 15th or something, it's going to be a pretty similar thing to the other counties where it's going to be gradual. And it may even be more gradual than those counties just because of the amount of cases here. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, St. Louis County, which, as you say, they still have a lot of cases here. They're now facing a lawsuit over their stay-at-home orders. What do you make of that? Well, I'm not really sure what to make of it because I actually have uh, the the state order in front of me. And what they're arguing is that the city and the county don't have the authority to have, like, stronger stay-at-home orders anymore. But if you literally read the state stay-at-home order, it says – um, nothing herein shall limit the right of local authorities to make such further ordinances, rules, regulations, and orders not inconsistent with this order, which may be necessary for the particular locality under the jurisdiction of such local authorities. Local health, public health authorities are hereby directed to carry out and enforce provisions of this order by any legal means. My understanding from reading that and also from hearing Governor Parson is that that language allows cities and counties to have more stringent ordinances in place. So if if the argument is that the health director has the authority to craft like a general stay at home order, well, 
unless they can point to something very specific that says that they can't provide leeway for local entities to do anything different. I'm not really sure where that lawsuit goes. Mm -hmm. It may just go straight off a ditch or maybe it, maybe it actually succeeds. I, I never like to predict legal proceedings, but this, the order that I just read seems pretty clear, even though it kind of came off as like legal mumbo jumbo, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, St. Louis County, again, they're still largely closed for business. But the one thing that the St. Louis County executive, Sam Page, has reversed himself on is the park closures that he had announced earlier. Do you think it's the backlash that followed those closures that led to that change? I have a lot of theories. I I'm a, I'm a relatively new county resident. I'm actually talking with you from what I like to colloquially call the Richmond Heights Bureau of St. Ah, yes. uh, Louis Public Radio. That very important bureau. It's, it's extremely, extremely important. I think that a lot of people who live in St. Louis County see parks as one of the like supreme amenities that you know justifies that play their 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 justifies like moving there for one thing a lot of people move to St. Louis County for schools or jobs or whatnot but they also need like a a quality of life and for many especially parents parks is kind of parks are kind of like an escape from staying at home all day especially when you have like rambunctious youngsters running around but there there are generally some 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 real concerns about like kids touching playground equipment or, or touching other equipment given that COVID-19 exists on surfaces. So part of it probably was backlash, but part of it needs to be said too that the city did not close down its parks and mm -hmm. there are a lot of municipal parks in St. Louis County that didn't close down either. So it's not out of the question that a lot of people that may have gone to say Lone Elk Park to see the bison and elk for the eighth or ninth time, which this reporter <laughs> may or may not have done before they were shut down, may have just gone to a park in the city. I mean, yeah. I, I, li I literally live within running distance of Forest Park here in Richmond Heights. And there are a lot of people running from a socially distant, responsible amount of space around that park at the same time the county uh, parks were closed. So that's a long-winded way of saying, like, there probably was public pressure because county parks are seen as such a popular attraction. But it also you also have to ask, like, did even shutting down those parks make a depreciable difference if people just went to other ones? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I mean, if, if people are still walking around trails, whether or not they're in the city, they'd get that exposure. Bigger picture for Dr. Page, he does have a really divided council right now. He still has the majority. But do you think if he's not ready to reopen once we get to mid-May, which is looming, do you think there's going to be attempts to force that issue from the Republicans on his council? Well, the Republicans certainly have the ability to attract uh, public opinion. And one of the things I've been telling people is like, even if the county is 60 percent Democratic and 40 percent Republican, and assuming that not every of the million people that live in the county are affiliated with a political party, that's still like hundreds of thousands of people that share their view. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising when they are speaking out against closing the parks or are maybe wanting to reopen the county earlier or being uh, upset with the way the democratic controlled council is is going through things they are speaking for a lot of people the question though is are they speaking for the majority of people in st louis county because st louis county as i just mentioned before is heavily democratic there could be a lot of people who are not necessarily speaking up that are happy 
that you know the stay-at-home order is still in place longer than the state, and they mm-hmm. just may not be speaking out just because, in general, people don't necessarily speak out to government unless they're upset about something. And also, if the, if, if the four members of the of, of the council who are Democrats want to stay the course, there's really nothing the Republicans can do about it, but but still speak out. And I want to make it clear, like. There's nothing inherently wrong about disagreement in a legislative body, and it's nothing unusual for there to be differences of opinion in a legislative body with different opinions. You're seeing that in the Missouri legislature. What I'm just trying to say in perhaps a ham-fisted way is that you know there is division over where the county should go. It doesn't look, though, the, that the Republicans have a pathway to really implement it at this point. Okay. So even if they try to force it, it's, they don't necessarily have a path to success. No, not unless they get one of the four Democrats to agree with them. We did ask our listeners um, on social media what they thought. Did they think St. Louis should follow St. Charles' lead? Dennis wrote, St. Louis should follow leaders. I don't see much of that in St. Charles. Jamie writes, although people are increasingly desperate to get back to a semblance of normality, I wonder if we'll look back and think it was worth it in the future when we prize the economy over the vulnerable. It's a tenacious issue, but at its core, a moral one. Maya writes, nowhere seems to be truly ready to open. I would only feel somewhat good about opening if we made it two weeks with no new cases. Um, And Kent writes, everyone keeps talking about opening up business. But as long as schools don't open, what are working parents supposed to do? Jason, I know that issue is near and dear to both of our hearts um, and not to just pound on this this thing because we personally are affected by it. How big is the child care issue in terms of people wanting to reopen these various economies? Oh, it's it's enormous. And it's not just because it's affecting me right now and that one of my kids may literally burst into this room while I'm talking to you. He would be welcome on the show. It it, it would be fine. But – I, I think that the discussion about reopening the state is missing the component that the schools are also closed, which means at the very minimum, assuming like camps remain open, which is not a sure thing for a lot of people, the entire month of May for a lot of parents, they're going to be at home with one of their kids unless they have access to childcare, which is not a sure thing for everybody. Not everybody can get child care at this point. A lot of daycares are still, especially in St. Louis and St. Louis County, are only like accepting the children of essential first first responder employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody has grandparents here. My, my grandparents live in Florida and Illinois, and I, I don't want them traveling to Missouri uh, when, you know, when especially since they're, they're older. Yeah. So, I, I think that that's a missing component in this. I do think that businesses are going to def- have to adapt to this reality because if, if certain businesses are telling parents that they have to be physically in a certain place and they're like, I can't because I don't have childcare, well, the business is either going to have to like make an arrangement with that employee somehow or risk getting into costly litigation if they end up firing them because of that. Not saying that the litigation would necessarily be successful or unsuccessful, but as County Executive Elman mentioned, this is probably going to be like litigation palooza uh, depending on how things go. And I just don't think that there's a good solution to the child care issue for a lot of people. There's a solution for some people that can obtain it or afford it. 
but not everybody can. Yeah. I think there, you know, as as County Executive Elman was saying, there's so much that's going to have to be worked out in the courts. And I think there's so much that remains to be seen as we see what happens with whether St. Louis City and St. Louis County can start dropping those number of cases. What's the big thing you think to watch going forward in these next couple of weeks as, as we're all trying to see what will happen next for all of us who live here? Well, the thing that I've been reading is about the number of hospitalizations and ICUs because there has been apparently more testing in mm-hmm. in Missouri. That's an excellent so the, point. So the number of cases are going to go up. If there's more testing, then I, I, I have to surmise that the amount of cases we're seeing will go up. The, the question is like how much of the hospital infrastructure is being used. That's a really important question for St. Louis, which has – a lot of hospital infrastructure, mm-hmm. but if some of the surrounding counties start to experience more cases of COVID that drives people to hospitals, and that those hospitals are in St. Louis and St. Louis County, that's going to be a whole nother wrinkle to this. And we're not even talking about like the whole rural aspect where uh, access to healthcare is scattershot depending on where you live. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the thing to look for because if the hospitalizations go down pretty significantly and there's a lot of space for people, even if there is an uptick, then it, the healthcare system should be able to manage it. But I think that that's just kind of the thing that people are looking for at this point about whether to reopen or not. I think that's a great point. Um, well, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And thank you to your kids for cooperating so we could have that conversation. Uh, we- shout out to B-Bomb and D-Bomb. They're, they're the real MVPs of this. I, I would certainly agree with that. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.